0: Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? So my week was actually really good. We went to the beach in Pensacola. And I didn't realize that Pensacola Beach is pretty much broken up into a whole bunch of other little tiny beaches. I don't know why I didn't realize that, but it is. So the area of the beach that we went to was the quiet water beach. And it's supposed to be really good for toddlers. And actually... They sort of cater to toddlers. So you can walk out like 30 feet and you're still, the water is still like less than waist high, right? It's like not that deep at all. And of course, I put Harrison on a life jacket regardless because, you know, we're not going out there to trip and drown the baby. So he had on his little life jacket and his hat and his sunscreen and all. But uh, we had a good time. And there's like a whole boardwalk out there on the beach. So we packed, of course, a whole house full of stuff when we really could have just gone on the boardwalk and got food and brought it back and not brought a cooler with all this stuff in it. Uh, But, you know, we had to do that. Now, one thing that we did do, which I was really glad that we did, we brought these beach umbrellas, right? And not just like a stick that you put in the ground. No, it was like a half beach tent, basically. So you're shielded on three sides From the wind and from the sand blowing and from the sun. And you can put your towels under there and just lay out and relax if you're not trying to suntan. So I found it very helpful. And I was wondering what had I done all the other times I went to the beach without one of those. And if you didn't have one of those, you definitely probably got sunburned because it was definitely in the upper 80s in Pensacola. But Harrison had a grand old-fashioned time. So he did not want to leave. But of course, we made him leave once we were out there for about five hours. It was time to pack up and go. But it was a nice little road trip for the family and uh, definitely a relaxing Memorial Day weekend. How was your weekend, Janine? My weekend was fun.
1: Actually, I did a lot this weekend. Okay, so Friday, I did work. We continued our house search. And then Saturday, I felt like I was on a DC world tour. And I know that sounds crazy because DC is not the world, but it just felt like it was one thing after the other, after the other. And I was out with um, my friend Shannon and yeah, Shannon and I have a way of not getting home till the wee hours of the morning. So shout out to our husbands for being understanding. And then Sunday we had couples ministry and that was fun and exciting. This time we invited the singles and We talked about couple goals, which is actually pretty interesting because, you know, everybody has goals about their relationship and everybody's goals are different. And that's a thing. So, you know, have your own couple's goals. That's what I learned from couples ministry. And then yesterday I went to go hang out with my family and my wonderful cousin. She gave me a brand new pair of J's. So I appreciate that. So my first pair of J's as an adult, my cousin, Leandria, she gave me my first pair of J's. And they're actually pretty fly. And thankfully, we were the same size. So. We actually swapped shoes. She wanted the sandals that I had on, so I gave them to her, and then she gave me a pair of J's in return. So it was a good weekend. And then I, you know, this morning hit, and it felt, it, you know, Tuesdays after a holiday feels like the most Monday is Tuesday ever, and that's how it felt today. And you know, the people they were trying me today, so my patience is real thin, real thin. And as you know, I'm just getting home, and we're recording on a Tuesday, so this is this is a lot for me. But yeah. Sounds like a plan.
0: Oh, yeah, friend. You are really, really busy all the time. And you deserve the best vacation, the longest vacation.
1: Well, I hope that I get a break. And yeah, I would prefer not to have to grind so hard for the change. I'm here and I'm grateful and I could be digging ditches for a living and I'm not. So I am not complaining.
0: That part. Now, before we get to our real timeline, I do have to say Tina Turner did pass away this week and we cannot not you know, send condolences to that family because, I mean, Tina Turner was the American icon, like the woman that we thought would never die, right? Because she just looked so young and it just, you know, something about when Tina Turner passed away, when I found out it was like, oh yeah, mortality is real is what I was thinking. But man, she lived a full life.
1: She really did. And I feel like every time when one of our legendary icons passes away, it's like, you know, put a bubble around the rest of them. So we need Diana and Gladys. We need y'all to hold on like hardcore. We need y'all to hold on because we can't take more of this. Like who's going to make the great music? Yeah, but they're not as old, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they are. Hold on. Let's see how old they are. Gladys Knight is, she is 79. Oh, we forgot Auntie Patty. Diana Ross is also 79. So we have two pushing 80. And Patty LaBelle is also 79. So we have all three of them pushing 80. So no, they were not as old as Tina Turner, but they They're up there. So we need them to hold on till they get to 90 something. And then, of course, when I look up Patti LaBelle's age, then we have Anita Baker. She's 65. So she's a little younger. Shaka Khan, she's 70. And Dionne Warwick, which we often forget about her, but she gave us some hits and she's 82. So we need we need y'all to hold on. We need y'all to hold on.
0: All right, Johnny. So what's in our timeline this week? Okay. So speaking of artists, it's a little bit of a different
1: kind, but we are going to talk about Dietrich Haddon. Okay. So Dietrich Haddon turned 50. It's very ironic that we talked about age and artists and that wasn't planned, but it worked. It was a good transition. So Dietrich Haddon, he just turned 50. He turned 50 on May 17th. Now, for those who don't know who Dietrich Haddon is, he's a gospel singer, he's a songwriter, and he is a pastor. And he's was on a reality show called Preachers of LA that was on Oxygen as well. So he is multifaceted, but most notably, he's a gospel singer and a pastor. He's kind of known as a progressive artist and a progressive preacher. So you'll kind of figure that out as we get through the story. So his artistry, his ministry, that ain't what we're about to talk about. The topic of conversation is real interesting, but here's how it happens, right? So I said he recently turned 50. Well, when he turned 50, he had a 50th birthday party at his 50th birthday party. His wife, Dominique, it's his second wife, by the way, but his, his wife, Dominique, was enjoying her husband. And at his 50th birthday party, she was what people call twerking. Now, if you know anything about twerking, that ain't what she was doing. She was essentially grinding on her husband. But for the purposes of this conversation, we will call it twerking now. By twerking, I, I, I'm literally meaning she was standing in front of her husband, grinding on her husband as he was standing behind her. And, you know, much like most parties, the people kind of formed a circle around the two and someone was filming. So as she was doing this, I mean, she was getting it in a little bit. I will say that as she was doing this. And as I said, she was enjoying her husband. The people, they recorded it and... Pastor Haddon decided that he was going to post the recording of this situation on social media because, I mean, it's his wife, right? It's a party and he can enjoy his wife. Well, when he posted the video, when he posted the video of him enjoying his wife and the, the, little, the little dance that she was giving, giving the people, the people had everything to say. Now, I'm going to try to refrain from giving my opinions about this. But from my tone, I'm pretty sure you can probably guess that I'm kind of like the people. Sometimes the people just need to mind the people's business. But I digress. So the people were talking about how disturbing it was because she's a first lady and the first lady was twerking. They said that that he, meaning Pastor Haddon, was supposed to be leading and encouraging people, including the women of his congregation. And we wonder why the world is going in the wrong direction. I'm sorry, grinding on your husband is going the wrong direction. But again, I digress. Let's go back to what the people are saying. So others were saying things like they don't care what he and his wife do in their bedroom, but a man of God shouldn't be twerking which he wasn't with his wife in public now as i said she wasn't actually twerking she was grinding and he was pretty much standing there kind of going with the beat but again let's go back to what the people are saying others called him double-minded so for those who are who are maybe not as well versed in in the bible essentially when you call someone double-minded you basically could just call them a straight out sinner, essentially to to put it very bluntly and. They were saying, you know, basically, he's double-minded. He's always been double-minded. And basically, that's why they're not a fan. And people even questioned his salvation, saying, if he's confessing that he's saved and he's singing gospel music and preaching the word of God, then this is something that he should not do. Then the people started saying that it's not, go- it's not of God. They were talking about how dancing like David dance is a thing. So you should be able to dance, but you shouldn't be able to dance like this. I'm sorry. If we are really about to compare ourselves to David, there's a whole lot more that we have to compare to. But again, let's go back to what the people are saying. Um, Basically, they were just saying that the man of God and the first lady shouldn't carry on in this manner because it's of the world. Okay. So now that you got some of what the people were saying, I am going to go back and say I will refrain from sharing my personal opinions as I really do have a lot to say about this. But, you know, it's the Internet and I'm going to give the Internet their moment to talk about Pastor Haddon. But Pastor Haddon had time for the clap back. So he saw what the people were saying and he clapped back to what the people were saying. And it kind of resembles probably what I would say if it were me. And, you know, At any point in my life, pastor or no pastor, it kind of resembles what I was saying. And he basically said that the next level of the church is to disagree without being disrespectful, which I agree. You can disagree with something that other people are doing and not be disrespectful in that. And you can also understand that what is your conviction might not be other people's conviction. Now, the pastor didn't say that. That was Janine. I told you I was going to try to refrain. I have not. I'm not getting too deep into it. He then also said, I mean, he gave a whole, like he posted a whole message on his timeline so that people could see because he was here for the people and he was here for the responses to the people. But in that message, he also said it would be so dope if we could celebrate our differences instead of demonizing everyone that doesn't think like you. And honestly." That's bigger than the church. Right. If we could just celebrate the differences and not demonize people who weren't like us, wouldn't the world just be a better place? I mean, just think about it for a second. No racism, no bigotry, no homophobia. You just celebrate differences and say that's what they choose to do with their life. And as long as it's not affecting me, have at it. Right. So that's what the pastor was saying. So as I said, I will refrain from commenting until after I let you comment, Nicole. So, Nicole, you tell me what you think about this.
0: I think that people need something to complain about, right? Like, I really think that people need to complain. Like, he was dancing with his own wife, okay? I don't care if his wife number 2345 is his wife, right? I don't care how their first marriage ended. It's now his wife, right? They have a church together. They are pastor and first wife, uh, first lady. But- People have to understand that one, just because you are Christian doesn't mean that you can't have fun and enjoy yourself. That's number one. Number two, just because you are uh, a believer in Christ doesn't mean that you don't have a sexual relationship with your partner or some type of intimacy with your partner. And just because you are within the body of Christ doesn't mean that you can't show love and affection for your spouse? And if we are really showing and being examples to those that are non-believers and trying to draw them closer to Christ, do we really need people that are trying to be so uptight that they can't have fun? No. I mean, Christians want to have fun too. We want to figure out how how we can have a loving relationship in a marriage that laughs and jokes and plays. And yeah, you can twerk on your husband and have fun with your husband and do all the things with your husband that you wanna do because that is a Christian relationship and and a marriage that is of Christ. So I just don't understand the problem with it at all. I mean, people were really coming to them online though, but I just, I didn't understand why. Like it wasn't like he was twerking having some other woman twerk on him. That would have been a problem, but he wasn't. It was his own wife. And then of course people had something to say about, oh, what's she wearing? Okay, so now we can't we can't be jazzy in the church? I mean, it's not like you in the church building. You can't be a little jazzed? I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, this reminds me of when, uh, was it Erica? Erica, yeah, Erica had on the all white sort of bodycon dress. I don't know if it was a photo shoot or album cover or what and she was covered but she did have her figure showing right like because she has a nice figure and people were coming for her oh she need to cover up I'm like this woman got a dress on below her knees and just because she has curves she's supposed to cover up and not accentuate them I'm confused so people within the body of Christ can't look good I mean really I don't know. I just think people are doing way too much. People need to worry about themselves first and foremost and their own relationship with Christ before they are, you know, Bible thumping and pointing fingers. That's not of God. That's that judginess is not of God. And people think they are the judge and forgetting that only God's a judge. You're not the person to judge. So uh, my thing is mind your business. Find you a husband so that you can twerk on him and you can be happy with your own instead of trying to judge these other Christian couples. I said what I said. Thank you.
1: Amen. So now that you said that this look, typically you and I agree. And then most times we don't agree or we have different opinions in this, but I have the the same opinion as you, but I have a lot to say. Okay. Not too much. I I promise I won't be long. Here's my sermon for the people. Okay. So this is what I have to say to the people. And I hope that the people, if you all that are listening, are one of the people, I want y'all to really think about this for a second. So the first thing that I want to start this with, and I'll probably end it with this as well, is they are married. The Bible says that the bed is undefiled. However, if that happens to be in the middle of a dance floor, it, it doesn't specify where the bed is or how the bed looks or what the bed it is the point of it. That is his wife, and he and his wife can do what they please whether it's in the privacy of their own home or at the privacy of their own party. And if for whatever reason there are other people there, they participated. I didn't see anybody turning their nose up in the video. So the people that were at the party didn't have a problem with it. And I would venture to say that some of the people at the party probably are members of their congregation. And if the people have a problem with it, then that's their issue. And if they feel convicted by it, then that's something that they have to deal with. Keep that off the pastor and the first lady. That's number one. They're married. So let me get to to say this part. Because I wrote some notes. Cause I think that this is insane. And I think that the people need to mind the people's business. The same way that you and I, Nicole, go out on a Saturday and get our black tails up and go to church on a Sunday morning is the same way that the people do the same exact thing. Let's not pretend that we didn't go to college and that we would go out on Saturday night and be at the club on Saturday night and get up and go to church on Sunday morning at Bishop Morton's church. To be very specific, like we didn't just freshen up our makeup, put on some extra deodorant, hit the hot spots and change our clothes so that we look church appropriate. Let's not act like the people don't still do that as grown folk. I just sat here and told you that my weekend I was out on Saturday night and I do this very frequently. I work and I also go out. And part of my job is to be in environments where they're not necessarily church friendly environments. Right. But. Can we can we talk about how you can be in environments that are outside of the church and still enjoy yourself so people are more drawn to the church? Now, y'all about to sit here and tell me, because I already hear it coming and don't come for me, that, yeah, you're supposed to be separated and da 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 I get it. I understand. But you can be separated and still enjoy yourself. Part of the reason why a lot of people don't go to church, especially millennials and younger, is because it's super hypocritical. Y'all act like your behavior on Saturday is not the same behavior on Monday through Friday. The only time that y'all act like you're saved is on Sunday morning when you step in the foot of the, the doors of the church. Let's be honest. And part of the reason why so many people don't go to church is because y'all act like you save, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost every day. When really the only time that you act saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost is when you're in church speaking in tongues. That's a moment of silence for y'all and y'all salvation because it really only exists on, on Sundays. But that's not our listeners. That's the people. So I'm not understanding what the problem is of a man, as as my pastor says, enjoying the worship of his wife. I don't get it. Why do you all have a problem with it? She wasn't scantily clad. She had on a sheer top and the sheer top had something underneath of it. Even if it was just a bra, there was nothing that was showing that was inappropriate. Nothing. And back to the point that you made about Erica Campbell. I remember that. And I've actually heard Erica Campbell speak about that one particular outfit where the people came for her about this fitted dress. But here's my problem. Y'all want to sit here dressing like Big Mama Nem, and you wonder why you're sitting in the church and you don't have a husband, ain't no man looking at you, you're looking homely, and you wonder why, even if you have a man, your man is outside with somebody else because... Somebody else has on something that's fitted and cute, and is willing to grind on your husband, and you sitting at home looking like Big Mama with a muumuu on. I'm sorry, did I step on toes? Okay, let me go back. Let's let's get back. So she was clothed. She was grinding on her husband. Now let's let's go specifically to this couple. We know that Dietrich Haddon has been alleged to have a history of cheating. Now we would be having a whole different conversation if he was in this place with his somebody who was other than his wife and somebody other than his wife was grinding on him. But that wasn't the case. And we are beating this couple down because of something that I'm sorry, did did God tell them that they couldn't do that? Or did we suddenly as the people just become judge, jury, executioner and God? Okay. So, we should be glad that this was husband and wife and not him out here with Another woman grinding on her or her out here with another man grinding on him, because that ain't far fetched because we want to run down the list of preachers that are out here that we turn the other cheek and look the other way when they sleeping with every woman in their congregation. And then we have these magical Christian babies that show up that, you know, wasn't with the pastor's wife. But we don't say anything about that. But you say something about her grinding on her husband. So the people need to make a decision. I think the people need to make a decision, Nicole. Are we going to be upset that she was grinding on her husband? Or are we going to start calling the people out on everything? Because we can't overlook the preachers who are sleeping with everything that has legs, but you're upset because the woman is grinding on her husband. So let me say this, and this is to the people. This is not to y'all listeners. So when I say y'all, I mean the people. When y'all go out, y'all do the exact same thing. And y'all are going out grinding on men or women that have no relation to you. These are random strangers and y'all get up and go to church on Sunday morning, acting like nothing ever happened. But Saturday night, Jojo and them was grinding on you and you get up and you freshen up like we used to do when we were in college, but y'all are grown and the same people are turning, looking at the pastor and first lady. And to your point, Nicole, Nicole, the last I checked, did we miss the part that says, judge not lest ye be judged? Because the people need to be judged because what are y'all doing? Why do y'all care so much? Where are y'all's husbands? That's, I really want to know. And I really hate this like faux prudish behavior that that church folk like to put on. Like y'all don't never kiss. Y'all don't never have sex. Y'all not ever fondling. If you're married, let me tell you this. When I was young, I used to say when I get married, I'm going to have a tearaway wedding dress because, you know, at that point, the sex is legal. So I might as well. And to be very honest with you, if I could have left my wedding reception to go have sex, I probably would have. And if we're being very honest, some of y'all probably did leave your wedding reception to go have sex. But were you having sex with your husband? So the people I need y'all to pipe down. And I need you to pipe down because you all have this, this, this faux air of, of being prudish and it's not ladylike and it's not Christian like, I'm sorry, how did these baby Christians get here? Cause every one of y'all wasn't married when, when the, the the baby popped up and every one of y'all was not having a baby by your, your husband and every one of y'all that had the babies by your husband that's not the only baby that your husband has and all his babies are not by you and all your babies are not by him. So until we get to be to an honest place, I will say that until we get to an honest place, I don't want to hear what the people have to say. Cause as far as I'm concerned, the people are hypocrites and these people who are being hypocritical on the internet are the same people who are Subsequently, turning the next generation away from Christ because they're looking at it like, well, y'all say one thing and act um, some way completely different. And that's not true. That's not that's not living in in a truthful space. So what are y'all doing? And the people need to stop. Just stop. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's move on, because
0: Janine is on the soapbox. Listen, (sighs) Johnny, ooh, somebody did. She just struck a chord. Oh, you just struck a chord. She didn't read y'all. Like I said, she didn't read me. She read, she she told y'all. I hope that somebody, I hope somebody caught that in their spirit and they decide to go ahead and mind their business. But anyway, speaking of oral sex, are you ready for this? Let's talk through it letter. Let's do it. Okay. This was from our friend, Larry. You know, I love getting letters from the men, right? We love getting letters from the men. We just love the fact that we have now a heightened listening Audience that's filled with both men and women. So we're here for it. We're definitely here for it. So my letter reads Nicole and Janine, I love how real y'all keep it on the podcast. Now I find myself needing real advice from real women. I've been married to my wife now for four years. We met at church when we were younger. We were both PKs, pastors' kids. Fast forward, we reunited at my dad's 20th pastoral anniversary and started dating. We had so much in common that it was natural for us to quickly fall in love. We dated for about 10 months, then I proposed. We got married eight months later. Things were good. Well, I guess they still are good. The issue I'm having is that our sex life is pretty boring. She almost schedules time for sex, which is good when we have it. But I feel like since our child was born a few years ago, two to be exact, we have less sex only about once a week. And she refuses to give me oral sex. Initially, it wasn't a big deal and I didn't pay much attention to it. But about a year ago, we were talking about sex and she mentions that good girls don't give head. I started laughing because I thought she was joking because she certainly never stops me from giving her oral sex, but she was actually serious. She said she was taught that women giving oral sex was sinful and that the point of sex is to procreate, which I understand, but I believe... Jesus wants us to have fun in the bedroom as well. Ladies, how can I get my wife to be interested in oral sex? Am I asking for too much? Larry, this has been a common theme, Janine, with this whole oral sex thing and women not want to do it. What is wrong with us? What's wrong with us, Janine? What you think?
1: No, 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 no. Don't say us because Janine gives oral sex to her husband. So let's not, (laughs) don't say us. So let me be very clear, right? Now, if for whatever reason, I've missed that part of the Bible when I've read it multiple times, y'all send send me the scripture where it says the good girls, Christian women should not have oral sex. And the reason why I have a problem with this, Larry, let me go back because it's some things we skipped over. You asking about the oral sex and we got to get to the first part of this, right? I am of the mindset and Larry, this is just me and I'm not about to tell you what to do in your marriage because that's between you, your wife and the Lord. But what Janine is going to say is, I'm the kind of person, if I have to ask for something enough or you are scheduling me for something, I don't want it. So you're better than me, Larry, because if my husband made me schedule sex with him, my husband would not be getting sex because I don't want to feel like I'm being fit into an agenda. I don't want to feel like I have to ask or beg for anything. And if I have to ask you more than once, I'm not asking you again, because the last I checked is this, this, these jams. These, this, the, these yams are the prize. So you can either get come over here and get this or do, do whatever it is that you need to do to make yourself happy. But what Janine is not about to do is beg and ask for or plead for nothing. Because back to what my husband said in the wise words of my husband, it's, it's no shortage of people that are just waiting for him to make a good misstep. And it's, it's no shortage of people that would be out here happy to candy my yams. So let me be very clear, Larry, you are a better person than I am because I'm not asking. I'm not being scheduled. It ain't happening. Okay, now we've gotten past that point because that's the most important part. Y'all got to figure out how to reconnect because you are concerned about this oral sex. And she is thinking that oral sex is not what good girls do. So good boys, they give oral sex. I'm confused. Are we having a double standard in our marriage here? And again, please, preachers pastors, listeners, whoever it is that is listening that may have more knowledge of the Bible than I do, please show me in the Bible where it says that women should not slob the knobs. Show me where it is. Because again, last I checked, the Bible says that the bed between a husband and wife is undefiled. It doesn't specify what you can and cannot do. It just says undefiled. So if you want to swing from the chandeliers, Swing from the chandeliers. And if you want to stay on your knees and be bowed before your husband, then that's what that's what you need to do. But I don't know. Tell your wife to show you where it says out in the Bible. Because what it really sounds like is this is some old wives tale that had been passed on from miserable woman after miserable woman whose husband they weren't given oral sex to, but he was getting it from somewhere and he was coming home with these babies somehow. Larry, ask your wife where, where she finds that in the Bible. And when you when you, she tells you where she found it in the Bible, please send it to us because I done read the Bible a lot and I ain't never seen it. So this is just something that that she just prefers not to do what it sounds like. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree with your wife. I don't agree with the fact that she schedules you. I don't agree with the fact that she feels like she should not have to to reciprocate the favors. I don't agree with any of it. And Larry, I feel bad for you, but guess what? And I'm not telling you to be vengeful because I don't think you should withhold from your spouse. I'm not saying that. But I don't don't know that I would be out here, you know, worshiping her body and she's out here talking about some good girls don't do that. I don't know. I don't think I would be doing it. Honestly, Larry, I tell her, hey, look, this is something that I like. And maybe y'all should have had this conversation beforehand, but like... I would just tell her this is what I want. And, you know, it also says that you're supposed to, you know, make your husband happy. So I'm just, I I don't, Larry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, Larry, do me a favor. Have a conversation with your wife. Maybe even go to counseling. Maybe even, you know, talk to the, y'all have some couples ministry or pastor friends or somebody that you feel comfortable talking to. Maybe you all have a conversation with them to try to convince your wife of this. But, Let me be very clear, and I I take it that you are a man of God. Don't go out here finding this somewhere else, Larry. Don't do that. I know it's tempting, but don't do it. It's not going to help anything. Just don't do it. Try to to reason with her. And if for whatever reason she decides that she don't want to reason with you, I know this sounds hard and it's probably going to seem harsh to y'all, and y'all can come for me if you want. But I personally feel like that's grounds for a divorce. If it's that important to you and your wife refuses for whatever unknown reasons, because that's what she's been taught to believe. You got You might have to make some tough decisions. I mean, there are some things that can there, there are some toys that you can use to, like, mimic the feeling, but it ain't the same. It's not. I promise you, it's not. I don't know. Larry, I'm not telling you to divorce your wife, but I am saying that she should, she should, she should bow down. I, that's all I'm saying. What you think to go?
0: Listen, I completely agree. I don't agree with the divorce part, but I do think that, you know, which is Bible. The man has control of the woman's body and the woman has control over the man's body. Like it is, it is for your spouse's pleasure. Okay. Go on and read that song of Solomon. They'll let you know that all sex is okay. Okay. So, but the Bible does not say anything about oral sex being bad. Okay. So I, I don't know where that is from. This whole mentality of good girls don't do certain things with their husbands. Um, I think that it all is a mindset, right? So if there is guilt or that this uh wife is feeling pressured, even if it's sex, you know, um, Vaginal intercourse, if she feels pressured because psychologically something has happened, she's been abused in the past or she's been forced to have oral sex, then that is something psychologically she needs to deal with. And the husband should not pressure her to do those things. Okay, that would be sinful. You forcing your wife to do anything, even though, yes, you guys have control over each other's bodies, but you don't want to force your wife to do anything that she doesn't feel comfortable doing. The question is, how do you make her feel comfortable? Some of that, can you have to psychologically get to the root cause of this. So the question is, what has caused her or what teachings has she been taught that makes her think that giving any type of sex other than traditional penis to vagina, vaginal intercourse is sinful? Okay, what is what taught her that? Um, so I would honestly, Larry, say, hey, you guys may need to go to some marital counseling and specifically sex therapy so that you can connect and that marital counseling needs to happen first so that you can understand the barriers in her thought process as to why she does not think that oral sex is acceptable within the realms of the marriage and then once you break that down if she's open to going through sex therapy so that you can further heighten your sexual relationship as a couple, then the next step would be to go to sex therapy. I would encourage you to be very patient in this process because when people have a deep-rooted sense of, I'm doing something bad if I do this, it may take a little bit to break down that wall to make them understand these are your needs and these needs need to be met. And this is not wrong in the eyes of God. Okay, so be patient with it and you seem like a very good guy. And for the most part, your relationship sounds like it's a good relationship, your sex life seems to be an okay sex life with this little piece missing. So I would recommend going to marital counseling and then sex therapy after that to see if you guys can get on the same page. Because I would hate for a couple that does have a level of connection, has a good level of intimacy, and seems like you have a lot in common to all of a sudden break down because of that one little piece Of the pie. Now, I will say, I don't know if I would, if I were you, and this might sound selfish, but I wouldn't be going down on her if she's not going on me. Like, if it's a sin for you, then it's a sin for me. We got to get on the same page because just because you had an orgasm when I went down on you, that's acceptable for you to have an orgasm now? And now I can't come that way. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Your wife seems to be a little hypocritical. So, that piece needs to be discussed as well. Why is it okay for me? to sin. Okay. As she says it, but not okay for you to sin, Right. We should be sitting together. Right. All right. If you're going to allow me to do this, you should be doing it too. So I would, uh, I would not do something to her, even if she th- finds it uh pleasurable, pleasuresome, whatever the word is a pleasure. If she thinks it's something sinful, like why would you allow me to sin? Okay. So break down those, those, uh, that, communication further with therapy, and then go to sex therapy. And then hopefully you guys can be going down each other and make everything, uh, you know, be in a much better place than you are right now. But let me speak to the church folks, okay? Because, you know, Janine gave y'all earfuls. So I really don't have too much to add. But I do want y'all to really think, you know, before you just go about what somebody tells you, get the understanding for yourself. Okay, go look up what the Bible says should or should not happen in a marriage. Okay, if somebody tells you this is forbidden in a marriage, find the scripture that matches it. Okay, because people, especially people that are very religious, okay. can make up stuff. Some people tell their children these type of things growing up because they just don't want their children to be promiscuous, and for some reason that becomes ingrained in your brains. And then you go through adulthood, and now you have a problem with intimacy in your marriage just because Big Mama, when you were growing up, told you that you know girls that give oral sex are going to hell. Okay, Big Mama's just trying to make you not 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 be a hoe. Okay, she's trying to make sure you're not easy and doing things easily in high school, okay? But but in your head, that's something psychologically that's been ingrained there. But again, find the scripture to match these things before you are depriving your husband of something that you could easily give him. Because let me tell you, if a man wants something sexually, they're going to move on. And if you are not sexually connected and on the same page, then maybe that's not for you, right? So, For instance, if your husband's like, I really want to have anal sex and you're like, whoa, whoa, I won't do that. Then he either needs to get on the bus or get off, okay? Because he shouldn't be pressuring you to do something that you don't want to do. But again, if he's hell bent on having anal sex and you don't want to give it to him, then that is a deal breaker for y'all. Because guess what? He's going to find somebody to do that regardless. And just like if you want him to go down on you and he refuses, because that's nasty, eventually you're going to get tired of that rejection and you're going to find somebody else to do that. Okay. So you have to be on the same page.
1: That's real. And I'm going to say that my advice to you, Larry was barring the fact that your wife doesn't have any sexual trauma or any other trauma in the past that would cause her to be apprehensive to this, this, what it sounds like is to said that y'all grew up in the church, which there is, let me be very clear. There is a lot of sexual and other trauma that goes on in the church So I'm not going to, I'm not going to dismiss the fact that that could be possible, but you did say that y'all are preacher's kids. And from my understanding and my knowledge, my personal experience, preacher kids be the wildest ones. So I'm having a little bit of a difficult time understanding why she's not out here throwing it in a circle and doing whatever it is that you ask her to do. I just don't, I don't get it. This one says, Nicole and Janine, love y'all. Keep it going. We love you on on third shift. So I'm assuming this person works shift work. So we love y'all back. I just have to get your opinion on something. Okay. So look, that's what it says. My husband and I are saved and love the Lord, but we also love to have a great time. Recently, we had a group of friends at the house. Now my husband and I had, um, a spread. We had it catered and we also had a mobile bar. Well. Some of our church friends were there. Now, some of them were the life of the party, while others were just looky loos that ran back to tell the pastor about the wild, and wild isn't quotation marks, the wild party that we had had. Little did they know that the pastor has been to one of our parties at our house before, so he knows what a great time it is. The pastor just suggested that we be a little bit more selective with the people that we invite to our next function. Ladies, the Bible doesn't say don't drink. It says don't get drunk, which we did not do. Ladies, should we not have alcohol at our next party? Or should we, as the pastor said, be more selective with our guest list? What would you do? Signed, Nisi.
0: I'm so confused about this. What? Alcohol at a party? What? I mean, y'all, Jesus turned water into wine, what are we talking about here? Like, what is the point? Okay, listen. One, you can't control who indulges and who does not. Y'all are grown. It's not like you have underage children at the party that are getting drunk and can't, you know, handle the alcohol or who you have to be responsible for or who you're going to go to jail for, for serving alcohol to underage minors. These are married couple, people in the church, the pastor And if they choose to drink and get a little tipsy and go home and have a good night with their, with their spouse, so be it. Okay. So I don't understand why we're even considering not having alcohol at the church. I know that some, some, you know, Protestant religions, we Baptist people, I'm Baptist now. I was raised Catholic. So we, we know about the wine. Okay. But once I got married to somebody that was a Baptist minister and started going to Baptist church, I realized, oh, they don't really drink. But let me remind y'all about how Jesus kept the party going, okay? Made a whole bunch of fish and a whole bunch of wine appear. So um listen now, it is not a sin to drink. I'm very clear on that, and I am very firm on that belief. It is sinful. When you overindulge and you act irresponsibly, but you got to worry about yourself and know your own limit. And just because somebody is getting tipsy or having a good time, doesn't mean that the next time you have a party, you have to restrict what you're serving. You can serve all the libations you want. Now, if you think that people are acting crazy and you don't think the behavior is acceptable, then you may need to be more selective with your guest list and who you're inviting to indulge in said libations at your house. Okay. But that doesn't mean you can't serve alcohol at gatherings at your house. There is nothing simple about alcohol at your house. I don't care what the Baptist people say, come for me. Okay. But there's nothing sinful about alcohol. Okay. If little Harry want to get up in there and act a fool, we just don't invite him to the next party. And I don't care if little Harry is the pastor. And now all of a sudden he's looking at the little girl's dresses we don't invite the pastor to the next party. Be more selective with your guest list. But that doesn't mean you need to change what you do at your parties, at your own house. I said it. Let the church folks come for me if they want.
1: What the church folks should be saying is amen. So let me tell you this, Nicole. You said the, the fact that the Baptist people, they don't drink. That's not true. Because us as Pentecostal people, like me and and Miss Lisa, we know that the Baptist people are known for being able to do anything. They can drink, they can smoke cigarettes, they do the whole nine, right? And we used to look at the Baptist people like y'all just be doing anything. So let's not act like the Baptist people don't drink. They just don't let you know that they drink. And the same thing with the Pentecostal people, because the same way that we sitting over here, oh yeah, they the oh the Baptist people they drink. So do y'all? So do y'all? Let's, let me be very clear about what Janine is about to say. What I want everyone to do, and I said this before when we were talking about Pastor Haddon, you all worry about your relationship with the Lord. If it convicts you to drink, then you don't drink. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. That's their relationship with the Lord. They're going to have to answer for that when they get to the pearly gates, not you and Nisi get some new friends because your friends are messy because what my friends are not about to do is come enjoy my libations that I paid my good money for with my good husband and go back to the pastor and tell the pastor, you know what? Tell the pastor that, are you surprised that Janine and her husband were drinking? And as a matter of fact, maybe if some of these people who were so worried about drinking and the looky-loos, as you call them, as the, if they were more concerned about what they were doing with their, their good husband or their good wife, then we wouldn't be in the situation. Because I, I mean, I don't know about you, Nicole, or anybody who's listening, but my husband probably would prefer that I get a little tipsy because that means that his life about to be a little bit easier, at least until I wake up the next morning. And it also means that we're going to go back to what we were just talking about in the last letter. It's very likely. Just saying. Maybe what, that's what you're... Niecy, maybe you need to invite those same people, suggest that they have a, a cocktail or two. And you know what? Maybe miraculously, their marriages might be a little better because them same good girls that was talking about that they don't give oral sex, they might just give oral sex if they had a cocktail or two. Not suggesting that that's what they should do. But what I'm saying is most husbands don't mind if their wife has a cocktail or two. And to your point, Nicole, the Bible does not say anything about not drinking. I want y'all to get a better understanding of what this word says. I just do. Because y'all love to use and manipulate it to make it fit whatever agenda you have at this given moment. But that ain't how this works. If we really want to go back to what the word says, then y'all don't never wear braids in your hair. Don't adorn yourself with jewelry. There's a lot of stuff y'all shouldn't be doing. But Nisi, to Nicole's point, yeah, be more selective with your guest list because them looky-loos, they're not your friends. And don't let everybody up in your house. That's what that's what big mama them said that you should listen to. Don't have everybody up in your house because everybody that smiling your face is not your friend. And to be very honest with you, you have your parties with the people that make you feel comfortable and that you want to surround yourself with. I wouldn't invite none of them anymore. The ones that were the life of the party, let them keep the party going. The rest of them, tell them to go kick rocks
0: with open toe shoes on. All right. I, she just said it and I ain't got nothing else to add. So, Janine, what did you learn new this week? Oh, girl, you knew
1: I had to pull out the statistics. So, I found this on Statista. Now, that is a website that has a bunch of statistics, right? So, they essentially compile statistics from everywhere. But if y'all want to go, I'll post this. But this one, it literally just reconfirmed everything that I had been feeling and thinking. Y'all are so hypocritical. And, y'all, I'm talking about the people, not y'all, our listeners. We love you. But, y'all, the people, are so hypocritical that we are missing the point. So I'm going to say this, and this is this statistic is important to me. 31% of Americans have never attended a church or a synagogue or any place of worship of any religion. 31% of Americans, and these are um, Amer- adult Americans, not just Americans, right? That's 31%. In comparison to the only 20% that go to some place, a church, or some place of worship weekly. So y'all wonder what's going on. Y'all want to blame it on the fact that it's, you know, we talking about transgender and we're talking about LGBTQ and we, y'all want to blame it on everything except for yourself. Look in the mirror. Y'all out here talking out both sides of your neck, being hypocrites and wondering why the people don't want to come to church. What are you showing them? 31% have never stepped foot in any sort of church, synagogue, or any place of worship. And only about 20% go on a weekly basis. What's that tell you? all Okay, I'm off my soapbox. What'd you learn this week, Nicole?
0: Okay, I also have a statistic, and it is from the Urban Ministry Institute. And it says nearly 40% of pastors have had an extramarital sexual affair since entering the ministry, y'all. listen. These first wives, these these first ladies, need to start twerking and throwing it in a circle.
1: So we got forty percent of pastors out here cheating, thirty-one percent of people that ain't never went to church, and twenty percent going weekly. What that tell y'all? These numbers, they, the the math ain't mathing, y'all. It's not mathing. Y'all want to keep out here being acting like you holier than thou? And what's really happening? We overlooking the extramarital affairs, but we worried about the, the first lady twerking get get your life together please get please do it please do it for yourself don't even do it for us you don't got you never have to, to take heed to a single word that we say do it for yourself trust me it's better go ahead put the mic to your face trust me you'll enjoy
0: it oh lord are you ready for the motivational moment yes ma'am go ahead all right so this one comes from martin luther and i'm not talking about martin luther king you know the father of the Protestant movement, you know, that person that made it acceptable for the clergy to marry him, right? Broke away from a Catholic church. So he said, let the wife make the husband glad to come home and let him make her sorry to see him leave. Y'all, that means make each other happy, laugh, joke, maintain intimacy in your relationships, and don't be afraid to twerk on your husband. It's good for your marriage. Until we meet again. Pray. Pray. Work slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at HereYouAreAZ.com.